0: Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Sound Stories, an inspirational podcast for creative professionals and storytellers who want to improve their lives at home and at work. I'm Stephanie Cicarelli, your host and co-founder of Voices.com. Joining us today is Nicole Lednich. Today, Nicole's going to share with us how we can make our space optimized, not only for ourselves, but for all of us, all the people on our team with ideas for designing the dream office space in a creative way for professionals. So Nicole, whether you have an existing office space or are looking to move into a space, it can be overwhelming to sort out where to start with the design process. So how do we begin? I think the first thing to do
1: with designing a great space is to get your team and to get the right people on the team early what we really like to do is foster an environment that's about co-creation so it's not about an expert coming in and telling you that these are the latest trends in office spaces and you should be in an open office that looks like google because that's really cool it's about getting people who want to understand you and your business who want to push the edges with you and to co-create with you what that space is going to be and that takes some time and it takes having the right people around the table
0: no, absolutely. So uh, that all being said, I, I know we've been through this process together yes. <laughs> for everyone's uh, kind of knowledge here. We've worked with Nicole, Facility Resources, and um, she helped us make an absolutely phenomenal office space. If you've ever been to see it, then you know it's kind of Google-esque. It's It's got all the great stuff in it that's meant for us and it, it really fits us well. So when I say that too, I, I want to ask you, are there any special considerations when it comes to designing an office for creatives?
1: Definitely. I think for creatives and for everyone what's really important is to start to understand the behaviors that are taking place at work. And so when we say words like creative or when we say words like collaboration, It's what is that specifically for whatever company we're working with? So what was that for Voices.com? That could be very different than what that is for facility resources or what that is for Facebook. And so the question is, is what is that creativity that you're wanting to foster? Or from a business perspective, what is it that you're trying to create as leaders in your company that you may not have right now that you want space to support? And that can look like all different types of spaces and things and that may
0: change even departmentally. Wow. Okay. So if I'm reading into this right, and I know because I've been through the process, but for everyone else's benefit, does this kind of come from what the company's culture is?
1: It does. So we definitely start with what is the purpose of the company? So this is giving us a lens into what is unique about whatever company that we're working with. What is their purpose? What are their business priorities that are going to drive business forward the most in the next three years? What is your character like? And when we look at character, what does that say about your culture? So it's that kind of prosperity model that we look at first to go to and it gives us a sense and a vibe for the people that we're co-creating with.
0: Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, you can do for those of you listening uh, that is really an important part of our process was was that sit down where we all got together kind of looked at the different modes of work and we can get into that in just a minute but but just all the different ways that you work, where you might work, what you might do during the day you know and how often do you do this And, and do you need to be close to certain people in your company more than others?
1: Yeah. What's really interesting is how do we have conversations and with design what often happens is we ask people a bunch of questions and they do their best to answer the questions but like everything it's garbage in garbage out. So we want to change the way that programming looks like and instead of asking a whole bunch of just technical questions we're trying to get a pulse and a vibe for who you are and what you're trying to accomplish and what could the space be for the people who work there. And that's just a very different programming process right from the beginning.
0: Mm -hmm. But it really does matter though that Everyone who has kind of a, a vested interest in that space and its design is involved in the process to some degree. Obviously you're going to have certain people who do more of certain kind of tasks but, but the dreaming, the envisioning, the, the vision boards even of like what do you want this to look like and, and how does that fit in with reality being like do you really need this, is this kind of like over and above or, or does this really fit who you are, what your brand is? exactly the process
1: that we engage clients with is herma miller's process which is living office and what we're finding is companies like voices.com who want to do that they want to engage their staff in the design process and that often comes up uh, with a lot of fear for leadership how are we going to manage all these people's opinions are we kind of opening that can of worms but we're asking people in a different way and when leadership opens that up to the team like Voices did, they get a lot more data and they get people focusing on different things. So rather than the fears about what the solution is, am I going to have a private office or not? We're having discussion about behaviors or what kind of creativity do we want to foster and we're getting that engagement, which can really help with the change that the team is ultimately going to go through.
0: Yeah, because sometimes it is actually moving into a new space altogether. It might not just be remodeling what you already have, so Um, I guess just thinking for people who are going to work with what they have yes so so they've got a great office space you know they got more than enough room for all their people they're just not feeling very energized not very creative they're kind of like oh you know this bothers me I don't get enough sunlight or, or whatever like what are ways that we can use that process to determine you know how do we make this a better livable space but also how do we make it more conducive to creativity. So the first thing that we're really trying to
1: understand with the living office process is, and you mentioned it earlier, is modes of work. And that's how we map the behaviors. So rather than getting into the solutions and and thinking about where things go in the plan, it's what are the behaviors that we need to happen. So when we say we collaborate, well, are you collaborating, are you trying to foster collaboration between two departments? and? Um, we want to create that synergy are you an environment or do some people need a think tank like environment And we want to workshop with you know whiteboards all over the place and places where people can be super creative and sit in different postures do we look at how people are moving through space and where does collaboration naturally happen through collisions? So we're trying to look at these behaviors that are specific to the company that we work for. When we have that data, it becomes much easier to start to layer in that psychology piece as we map out the plan.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and I love what you just said because it made me think of a process that we went through with you. So, Um, part of that was mapping out just the physical location like what do you have right now what still needs to exist what is actually uh, integral to this design so I guess if you could maybe describe that process of of when you did actually go around and look at the different rooms what were you looking for in those rooms and why
1: we're looking for what are people starting to naturally do so we always say that you know uh, are you adapting to your space or is the space adapting to you and oftentimes we find that people are having to adapt to their space but we can see when we look in their rooms and what they're doing what the team's wanting. So if all of a sudden, you know, they've tried to put up whiteboards everywhere, it sparks our curiosity to be like, well, what kind of collaboration is happening in this room? Or we're looking at departments um, in your office in particular, in the sales area, I mean, you have the TVs going off and the songs when they, you you know, have a sale, that's a very different environment. That's not how our sales department works. Mm -hmm. It's really great to see that. So how are people creating, what is the creativity, Um, often like what are the creative solutions that they've even applied in spaces we're really curious about like what's naturally emerging and bubbling up in that team
0: and for a company like ours we have you know sales team IT marketing customer service finance Um, not every company has all of those different diverse groups of people with very different tasks and objectives like a sales floor is going to be really loud you would want it to be anyway right (laughs) (laughs) you want to be making some sales so but then you'll have people who are doing more independent quiet work how does that fit in I know that we I kind of hinted at adjacencies and I'll let you talk about that in a bit but it's like well what kind of stuff do people do They, they get up they sit down they go to meetings they come out of a meeting they cool down maybe just describe what these modes are. Yeah, there's all different modes of work
1: that we don't necessarily think about. So everybody's really familiar with what um, Herman Miller calls process and respond. You're sitting at your desk, you're doing your emails, you're doing your phone calls and those things. We're all really familiar with what a meeting is or a traditional meeting where um, the show and tell experience where the focus is on the content being presented or the presenter and we're really familiar with um, what might be our focused work that we're doing so our create work which is when we're focused on a task specific to our role so it could be if an accounting team is working on a spreadsheet and we value that being uninterrupted but there's all these other behaviors that the global research is showing exist today so things like chat Chat's a really interesting question from a business perspective. Where is chat a hindrance in your business? Where could it might be disruptive? And where is it a really great thing? We have decades and decades of research in this world about the value of water cooler discussions. So chat is an important thing to put some attention on. What about um, one of my favorite modes of work is contemplate. And why I love it is that contemplate is showing in the world that we're starting to realize that people are not robots. We are not machines. And that now companies are wanting to again remember that we're designing for human beings. And so contemplate is maybe in a call center, a staff member has just gotten off a really difficult call. And they just need a moment to compose themselves. So these things exist today. Um, There could be co-create, which is all about idea generation. And in an era of ideas, as Herman Miller calls it, idea generation, especially for the creative workforce is so important and so important for every level of a business. It's important for marketing, but it's also important for people like David and yourself who are entrepreneurs, which is, you know, at an essence level, an extremely creative field. So these are some of the modes of work that we get into and what it's showing us is that people are working together far differently than what they did 20 years ago and that means
0: we have to look at space differently and technology has changed how so we work together too right so you have these different modes but now you don't have to be beside someone to tell them something
1: exactly technology is actually one of the key things that has allowed us to start thinking about space differently so not only do you not have to be beside them to necessarily communicate or to create something but the other thing is is that it allows us to move and so when we talk about behaviors what's come up is gone are the days where our desk or our private office can suit all things we tend to struggle with things like uninterrupted time and so what the evolving technology has allowed is for us to explore easier ways for people to move and move to other settings that allow people to do their work and so if your behavior isn't being supported at your desk which is going to happen then you move to a place that it supports and that speaks to your earlier question about well what about when there's different departments And different departments need to move differently. So maybe somebody who's in a creative area wants to be in a really buzzy open space, but sometimes needs that concentrative work. And so they move for that. And maybe somebody else really needs those private offices, but they want to come out for times of collaboration. So we're looking at that in all different departments. And ultimately what we're saying is, one company is not the same as another company, and one department is not the same as another, and we need to start designing for what's unique to each.
0: Yeah, well, just thinking again to our own experience, but we've recently moved into an incredible space. We've got lots of room, far more room than we ever could have dreamt we'd ever have. <laughs> uh, and, but we're going to put it to good use. It is, it, you know, it's there to help us to grow. So um, we had to get a reception area, for instance, and had to understand what the dynamics were of when someone comes in from outside where do they go? Where do they sit? Do they feel comfortable being in here? You know, is there a spot where people can kind of perch, you know, for a little bit they don't have to sit down, you know, they could just be waiting for someone. There's all different kinds of behaviors for visitors too, let alone those who are actually working in your office day to day.
1: Definitely. And I really like what you're touching about is, you know, how do people come in and they're comfortable? And that's actually the big question about space whether it's a visitor coming in or your own staff. We can do things in design that can be quite contrived. We used to do it all the time. Oh my gosh, I have this amazing floor plate. There's this awkward little nook. I'll put a lounge area. That used to be really exciting. And myself and many of the designers that I've worked with would, wouldn't understand why it wouldn't be used. And now with Living Office, I understand because it's the psychology of, of human beings that makes that space you know, intuitive and easy and natural to be in. So it's that idea of you know, a three-seater sofa in the waiting room. No one sits in the middle. There's a major psychology of how human beings naturally act and behave in space. And we need to start layering that in early in the design process and understanding that component.
0: I guess there are some universals to certain human behaviors, but then we have different personality types and how they might work in a certain space. And that was a, a consideration, too, for us when we were looking at, you know, spaces for contemplation. That obviously is more of an introverted, reflective sort of activity, and, and you may be able to do it at your desk or maybe not. So there's different places where people can just sit and think and, and literally just not you know be in front of a device maybe you don't have a screen or whatever like it's just you let your mind just sit there <laughs> process something perhaps right yeah. or, or just a place to be quiet a place to have a, a phone call where you're not disrupted even
1: yeah there's lots of really interesting things that happen and again even just having business leaders acknowledge that there's a difference between you know introverts or extroverts or we can even talk about highly sensitives in space people need different things and we can we, when we can support people in space they can do their best possible work. So another example of that is after a meeting room is or after a meeting people will come out and an introvert may, you know, Want to pull someone aside and bring something up that they didn't bring up in a meeting. Well, how does that get supported? Or how do those kind of huddles that we seem to always see after meetings get supported? So these things that just happen whether we support them or not.
0: Mm-hmm. And that would be like the cool down, right? Like, exactly. If I'm thinking in terms of the Herman Miller terminology. It's like, you know, you can warm up before a meeting and you're getting like, oh, boy, we're going to go in. Yeah, you'd be waiting. You know, there needs to be an area for if someone else is already in that room, then where are you going to be? You know, you want to be on time, but you don't want to be, you know, obnoxious and like walking in on their meeting. So you have somewhere that you can wait and warm up for that meeting potentially or review your notes before the meeting. You know, it doesn't even have to be a nice social grace. You're just sitting there doing whatever you're doing. Um, But then, of course, there's the the kind of the winding down, the cooling down. There's going to be people who want to talk to each other regardless. of what you know the reason is afterwards because they just they need to continue that conversation
1: exactly and what's really interesting is when it's not well supported people will tend to dissipate more quickly and you don't know the creativity that could have been lost by not fostering an environment that supports that conversation to happen so it can be something as simple as a standing height table with maybe some stools that allows people to naturally feel like this is where I perch I can sit here this is okay and so the idea is is how do you foster as much creativity in the group we're not going to consciously think oh okay let's go seek out a space across the building it's Mm -hmm. not how we behave as human beings so that's what we're trying to support
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I've seen both sides as someone who has worked in an environment, but also someone who's been able to observe how the environment is designed and just the different factors that you take into account. So, yeah, introversion, extroversion, highly sensitive persons, Uh, a lot of really interesting thought work there psychology-wise. And and certainly for some kinds of, uh, I guess, personality types, or you would need to have very different environments that they feel comfortable in to do their best work. And for them, you know, it might be having an area where they can collaborate, but in a very small group, maybe it's a smaller meeting room versus everything always feeling so big and exposed.
1: Exactly. and as well different departments need things so you know we spent a lot of time with voices like looking at marketing for example because that department has a very different function and so it's like well what do you need to kind of like foster that creativity and spark that and what things need to be seen and in close adjacency so when are people at their desks versus when do they pop over to You know, maybe a workshop that has whiteboards and things on the wall or when do they filter into your plaza, which is a lunchroom with so much more functionality built in. So what are all these things that happen? How do people move through space? What's happening there? And is every department supported in what they need? where else your sales department those people they don't need to move so much from their desks they work much more at their desks and they're going to more social spaces for that collaboration because of their role so everybody's different
0: what would be the one thing you would tell somebody about how they could be creative right now in their space
1: i think that change of posture is something that's really really important to think about And so that can be something as easy as switching up one of your meeting rooms. Maybe it doesn't need to be a boardroom table. Maybe it's sofas. Maybe it's beanbag chairs with whiteboards. But changing that idea that we have to do business in one way, which is sitting at our desks or sitting around a boardroom table. Change of posture is huge. A really simple change and a a really great experiment can even help a business owner start to see and get some feedback as to what might be happening. So maybe it's a little test project before a bigger investment's made. But see what's working for your team. Get their feedback. Experiment a little. Play a little. That's what this is really about so that we can start to kind of push our edges and realize that work
0: can happen in many, many ways. We have so many great ideas about what to do right. Maybe someone's in a really dysfunctional space right now, but they don't know. Like, how can they tell that their space really isn't working? It's not the people. It's not that they aren't doing their jobs right, but everything just feels a little bleh. Like, how can they know if their space is actually creating these problems that they might be having in their organization? i think
1: it's a real sensing and i think that um that's the challenging thing with design is there's no real checklist but i think certain owners get this feeling of like there's more like i feel like i have a creative team and i don't see them working together oftentimes what you'll see when space isn't working is a team will start to shut down a little bit they'll start to work more siloed because they're frustrated oftentimes because they can't get the concentrative time that they need and they don't come together and collaborate so you'll tend to see that siloed effect Um, and even thinking about how your meetings are so when you gather the team together for a meeting like is it are you getting the vibe are you getting the experience that you're wanting in that meeting or is it flat? all of these kind of human behaviors when there's not excitement or creativity to me are kind of red flags that there might be something bigger going on whether it's culturally or whether it's space or a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Or lighting even right? Because exactly. Th-
0: that can affect things maybe you're in a room that is not really well lit but it's the only space you have uh, you know that's got windows but it for whatever reason it's just like I don't know the pot lights are burnt out or you know maybe there are little things you can do to fix it right away but but it literally could be something to do with just something very easy to fix. Yeah,
1: oftentimes it's uh, in a meeting room. We really value to whiteboard, but the way the table and the chairs are doesn't make the whiteboard easy to access, mm. or technology is hard. We we find that often when people have you know smart boards and things like that, Herman Miller actually has research on how long it takes the average person to set up for a meeting room. All these things start to hinder people, and they tend not to go to spaces that don't work with them, and they don't even know how to name why until mm. somebody starts asking the questions. Right, But if you're seeing that, you can start to think, hmm, what about technology? What about lighting? what is the furniture what is the circulation you can kind of start to feel out these things and maybe make
0: some small shifts yeah because if the chairs are 10 years old I I mean someone might not feel terribly creative sitting in a chair that's got like I don't know a tear in it or something like it could be cosmetic could be a big kind of factor in how someone might feel about their work but but it's also sort of just you know you want people to feel comfortable you want them to encounter as few Number of obstacles as possible to achieving their goals.
1: Exactly. And maybe it's a creative room, and what people really need to be doing is sitting on a couch or standing at a standing table. We sit so often. So maybe we need to be up and energized and, you know, whiteboarding and creating and idea generating and things like that. So um, posture is a really big thing, again,
0: that's easy to identify and play around with. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that we have and others do probably are, are tons of whiteboards, as you've mentioned, like everyone loves a whiteboard because yeah. you can, anyone's creative when you can write on a whiteboard, right? And I do believe that everyone can be creative, so if you for some reason believe that you are not creative. you are it's merely just connecting things I think Steve Jobs had said that before all it is is just you know well I saw that and I see this and I put them together and this is what I got like I've got some connection right anyone can be creative so that said um, you know how many people do you know of in the work you've done make use of having say even those painted walls where you can write on those like like almost like chalkboard paint
1: I would say that it's definitely evolving more. What I think happens is the differences is is if people are mindful of the change that they're making and they're making it purposely not because they thought it was cool, Mm. but that they're really thinking this would work well for our team and how the space is being used. So, I always think it's kind of like the why of it is always really, really important. And some of those tools that we're seeing, like the whiteboard paints that are out there or standing height tables, and some of these solutions that, for example, companies like Herman Miller do global research to develop, you know, um, are fostering these behaviors. But it's this bigger, you know, bigger question of um, what is it that you're wanting and why. I
0: think that's the place to start. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us on Sound Stories. If you'd like to subscribe to Sound Stories, there are two really easy ways to do that. You can either go to iTunes, you'll get every episode as soon as it's ready, or you could go to our website, voices.com slash podcasts slash sound stories. Whatever you choose to do, just know that I'm so happy you're there.